to a draft eve edition of the weekend wire um 2021 nba draft is going to be tomorrow night um i've given aro some time to grieve about the sun's loss in game six um that was that was i needed it i really needed it that was on the 20th right so yeah that was on tuesday um so it's been over a week since we did an episode um but the draft is fast approaching. Um, so is the off season is really going to kick off with this draft and free agency, I think starts as early as Monday, I believe um, is when teams can at least start, like start talking, even though they all tamper anyway. Um, <laughs> but we have a pretty exciting NBA draft um, coming. It's, it's, I think everyone would agree. It's a lot better than what we had last year. Um, last year was sort of, reminiscent of like the 2013 draft where you didn't really know if there was going to be talent at the top. Um, it was kind of a crapshoot. This one, there's, there's, there's been a top three that's emerged. Some would say top four. Um, that's pretty solid. Okay. So you don't agree with that right off the bat. All right. I, I don't like songs as much, bro. I, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, but yeah, we're going to, we're going to talk about surely those top four prospects and then get into some other guys that we like, um, that are either, you know, late lottery or even into the late back half of the first round, um, and see what, see where we think with these guys are going. We'll get into some of those trade rumors that have been swirling around past couple days. Um, and yeah, so, okay. Top of the draft, we have. The Pistons, who are almost definitely going to select Cade Cunningham, um, that has kind of been this known thing for a while, even though there's been a lot of reports saying that they're not, you know, they're doing their due diligence. They're not completely sure. It feels like it's a smokescreen. Um, they're drafting Cade. Yeah. <laughs> OKC, there's been rumors that OKC has made some offers for this pick. Um, there's one There's one that said it was Shea Gilgis-Alexander and the number six pick for the number one pick. I don't think I would do that if I was OKC. Um, yeah, but I don't like that. Yeah, I, I'm pretty high on SGA. Um, yeah. But those reports have not, like, they come from some weird sources. This is the time of year where, like, you'll see some account tweet something and it will be like the source will be from a guy you've never heard of and then you're like wait this is real and then it turns out not to be real like there's there's a ton yeah. of stuff about like dame where it's like he's not going to accept like he's not going to accept his paycheck and he'll just quote tweet it and be like this is bullshit like there's been a lot of that stuff already same oh, yeah. with like bradley beal washington situation but um don't believe do you everything you read yeah um what do you think with as as Cade being the number one pick, is it as obvious as everyone makes it out to be in terms of um, the Yeah, I, I think it is, actually. I think he's definitely better than Jalen Green. I think we both agree on that. Um, I think Mobley is the interesting look. Um, Mobley is very, very like, – he, he's a bit of a freak. I mean, he's got long arms. He's seven foot. Um, he can move, and so it's unique. And so he's kind of the guy that you, you look around the NBA, and it's some of those guys that are, you know, around that height that can move, that can really change, you know, change the course of, of teams, that can win you a playoff series, and, you know, it's kind of shifting back towards that mold. Uh, so that's maybe where, you know, you can kind of 
you know, make an argument for, for Mobley, but outside of that, I, I think Cade is, I mean, he's, he's special. And I mean, we saw what he did in Oklahoma State. Um, I think he's putting up 20 points a game. He can shoot, he can create his own shot. Um, you know, he, he's just so silky with it. An amazing athlete. On top of all that, he's gonna kill it in the transition game in the NBA. I, I don't worry about that. Um, he can finish at the rim. I mean, there, there's not a whole lot of things that he can't do. Maybe the defensive end is, is maybe the biggest worry, but at six eight um, and two twenty, I mean, I don't I don't think you're too worried about him. He's gonna like he has the frame to be able to play defense in the NBA. It's just a matter of can yeah. like, will he be able to do it. Um, so from all those. So, like, the, the checkbox that you would go down, I think he ticks about every box that you can think of, and there's really nobody else in the draft that does that. Um, and I, I think he's going to be NBA ready. The Pistons are, are going to need him to be. He's going to play a lot of minutes over there. And uh, I think I, I saw a quote um, from, from their new GM, Troy Weaver. That, uh, I mean, everything's a fit for them. They're not too worried about um, trying to get you know the perfect guy to, to fit into the, their roster right now. They know they're going to go through a lot of changes. Um, uh, so I, I think you draft the best talent possible. And in terms of just best, uh, I think raw talent, I think you got to go with Kate Cunningham. Yeah. And when you are, unless you're a team, I, I would say like the rule for this is unless you're a team that was in the playoffs like the previous season or you're expecting to be in the playoffs, just draft talent. Um, I don't think we'll talk about when we, when we get to the Cavs at number three, but there's like a lot of discussion about like fit roster fit with, Oh, you draft a guard, another guard, because you already have two. It's like, I think pushing those decisions down the line, um, is usually a good idea when you're, especially if you like, you know, that you're passing up on the talent upside, but yeah, what you said about Cade is definitely true. Um, literally only knock on him. I can think of is like the handle is a, as tight as you would like and like maybe he yeah. throws some, some some risky passes every once in a while but yeah pretty pretty solid on defense um can best pick and roll player in this draft it's not even close um yeah best playmaker in this draft arguably um i would say like from a scoring scoring and passing wise he is the best playmaker in the draft um there's a couple there's a couple guards like sharif cooper um some other guys who, who, who are great passers as well, but he's, he's got it all. He's bigger than, he's bigger than any of those guys. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah. he's a six, eight guy that's going to play point guard arguably. So yeah, he, he's, no, he's yeah. comfortable off the ball. Um, he's six, eight, you know, he's, he, he's really got it all. Um, and this, this is some, this is a guy who we knew this time last year was going to be the number one pick in all likelihood. Um, doesn't happen often, um, I would say. I, like Zion is the most recent example um, of guys that we just knew it was consensus. Then back before that, I would say like Ben Simmons, um, then yeah. Anthony Davis before that. So it's, it's every couple of years. Um, but yeah, this is a guy that we've known forever. Um, he's been on our radar for a while, and he and he has a sense of a moment. He has a sense of a, of the moment. Um, he routinely was better in like second halves and crunch time than he was in the first half, which is interesting. So, but as far as the fit with the Pistons goes, they have Killian Hayes, um, who they drafted at the eight spot last year, um, and he basically the only thing if he can if he can score well. Um, yeah. He's got he's got the future in the league. If not, he's probably going to go like the the 
Frank Nidokina route, um, but um, Frankie no. Smokes route, but um, Frankie Nicotine actually. Yeah, there it is. Um, yeah, they've got they've got him. They've got Jerry Grant, obviously. Um, they have a couple of interesting big men, Seku. Um, what's the guy they drafted last year? Isaiah Stewart is interesting. And then they've got, they've got some wings who are, who are young. Um, but yeah, Cage should be able to step in and have the keys to that offense day one. But um, yeah, I, honestly, I don't even think there's that much to say about Cage because there's not really a debate. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's, you know, there's, I think there, there is an interesting argument for Mobley. Um, but I think when you think about what the Pistons like want and need. And if you think about like, if you're a team just looking for a, a superstar talent and that's it, you're going to draft Cade over Mobley. You want someone who's going to have the ball in his hands the whole time. Um, and, you know, Cade's ceiling is like, like Luca, like it, it's, it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, it's those top tier um, playmakers. So, okay. Uh, at the two spot, we have the Rockets. And this is where it kind of gets interesting because the expectation is that they're going to take Jalen Green. Um, Jalen Green played for the G League Ignite um, in a league better than the better than what we saw Cade and a lot of these other prospects play in college basketball. Um, he's playing against former NBA players, future NBA players, um, whereas in college it's kind of a mixed bag, you know. Um, Green, pretty raw, I would say. Um, he, he, the things that I like, he gets really low on his drives um, where it looks like he's almost out of control, but he's able to, to, to come out of that and pull out some spectacular. Body control is insane. Yeah. yeah. Just watching, watching some video of him. Um, it sort of reminds me of jaw where he's able to do these, these acrobatic finishes um, similar to jaw. He's, he's not a great shooter. Um, jaw is a little better at playmaking too. Um, but green is green is super athletic. He's great in transition. Um, on defense, he has really good athleticism. He sometimes gets lost and he's a little small too, similar to jaw in that way. Um, if he can put on some weight, he can be really good. Um, I would take him over Suggs. I would definitely take him over Suggs. We'll, we'll talk about Suggs yeah. later on a little bit. Um, but I don't think I would take him over n- neither Mobley nor Cade. Um, yeah. When we get to Mobley, I'll, I'll explain why, but what do you, what do you think about Jalen green? Because he's, he's definitely like high, high upside here. Um, he's, yeah. you know, he can be a scoring machine. Um, but if it's yeah, I mean, a lot better, it, it could, he could have trouble if he doesn't develop some, some go-to moves. The, the promising thing about his shooting is that he does shoot well from the free throw line. Um, which usually tends to be the, the best indicator, at least for moving forward. I think he shot 82% uh, from the free throw line, so that's solid. Um, it, his shot is is just interesting to me because it, it feels like the, the shot form is a little bit wonky just with how low he starts it. Yeah. Um, and it feels like it kind of comes out of his hand a little bit too low to where I don't know if he's like, He's going to need a lot of space, I feel like, in the mid-range to be able to get that shot off unless they kind of tweak it a little bit. Um, so that's my biggest worry with him, just being able to score the ball. I, he's going to need a lot of space. Now, good thing is he can create that space. He's super shifty. Um, yeah. He's fast. He can change direction on a dime. So, I mean, he has that ability. 
Um, but yeah, the, the shooting is, is going to be interesting to see how that pans out. Uh, outside of that, I mean, he's, the athleticism is there, the body control, like you talked about, he can finish at the rim. Um, you know, it's not a problem him finishing against bigger guys. He played against probably bigger guys than anybody really saw in college. Yeah, he played, he played against um, better schemes, um, yeah. too, yeah, than anyone, coaching, anyone so. came across in college, for sure. Yeah. So that's promising. Um, so that might make him a little bit more NBA ready, um, especially when you say compare it to a guy like Suggs, who, who really didn't play anybody that good until the tournament arguably mm-hmm. um so that's i think he is an easily a top three pick um mobley i like mobley a little bit more than him and again we can talk more about mobley uh in a, in a bit but you know I, I just think that green is, is like you said he's really raw but i mean that upside is you know his comparison i think is bradley beal and, and i could see him just becoming a scoring machine like that um, you know, again, if he figures out that shot, it, it's going to be so tough to stop him um, because, I mean, he really can get to whatever spot he wants on the floor because he has that athleticism to get there. Um, this is going to be about his finishing more than anything. Yeah, he's not he's not nearly the playmaker uh, Kate is, especially in the pick and roll. He, uh, Green's a little better when he's like ISO'd um, on the wing where he can do like a quick little rip through or, or hop step, something like that, um, get to his shot. Um, I think he's got to bulk up a little bit too. Yeah, no, he, he, yeah, he's he's not quite you know Brandon Ingram level of of skinny, but he's <laughs> he, it does it is like somewhat yeah you know six five one eighty. So if you compare yeah, that to that up a little bit, you know, uh, yeah, Suggs is six four two oh five. So. He, he's an inch taller and Suggs has 20 pounds on him. So you'd like to see him, you know, approach, approach that 200 pound mark. Um, and that's, sure. you know, that, that's not something that I, I think needs to really be worried about. Um, we've seen a lot of guys do that in the NBA, like whoever's team he lands on the medical staff, like there's probably going to be like a devoted person with whose sole job is to get on Jalen Green's ass in the weight room. Like, so <laughs> And make sure he's eating four thousand calories or whatever the number is. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I don't think that's something really to worry about. Um, but that it does it does make a difference if you're trying to, um, you know, get better quick. And a lot of these teams are, especially if you're picking at the top of the draft. So, yeah, um, I think we've covered all there needs to be said on him. Um, and we can, we can transition into Mobley here. Who, if I was the Rockets. I would pick at number two, uh, regardless of the Christian Wood thing, because I think one in, in an ideal world, you're not worried about this. Um, and if Christian Wood is there for the long term, great. But if he's not, I don't think that that needs to stop you from from picking a guy like Mobley, who like defensively. And offensively, we haven't really seen since the likes of like Anthony Davis at Kentucky, where this, the combination of the steals and the blocks. And I was looking at his his assist to turnover ratio is the best since Anthony Davis among these among these like top five pick big men that we've seen. Um, his mobility is amazing. There's a chance that if he if he really becomes a better shooter um, and, and can and can develop some more like perimeter skills he could play the three um oh, like a kd type 
It's possible. Yeah. That's a long way. That's a yeah. jump, I think. But, yeah. Okay, I can not see like it. a KD type. I think KD is one of one, but like a like <laughs> like no one's gonna have that that the jumper like KD does at yeah. that height. Um, but I think like you know, there there are some guys. He's been compared to like a Chris Bosch, he's been compared to Anthony Davis, he's also been compared to Christian Wood, but I think he has more perimeter skills than any of those guys um outside outside of maybe Davis, but um, Davis played guard in high school until he grew, I think like eight inches in one summer. So um, that's why he's such a unique talent. Um, Mobley has definitely been, my, my opinion of him has changed the most. I didn't really know much about him um, really going into like this week. Um, and I've looked at a lot of stuff, looked at a lot of video on him. Um, he has a great, he has a great feel to the game, even though it's cliche, um, pick, if you're thinking like pick and roll, he can, he can do the pick and pop. He could roll hard, um, be, be a guy in the short roll in the Draymond mold where he's just making passes to the wings. Um, and you know, he's, he's great, great defending pick and rolls. Utah, uh, the USC defense was number six in the whole country last year. Um, and they made it to the elite eight with him really being one of the few, you know, like star talent um, on that team. There just wasn't a lot. They, 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 I think like shooting wise, they, they were like 300th and three point attempts out of 350 uh, FBS teams. So um, I think the one thing he might struggle against is like these bigger bigs in the post, which is like Embiid, Jokic, um, those kind of guys, but that's kind of one of those things where it's, there are only probably two players in the entire league that can guard those guys. And one of them is Anthony Davis and the other one is Embiid, who's happens to be one of them. So um, I guess Aiton maybe. Um, So yeah, he doesn't have, yeah, he doesn't have a great uh, like low post game. Um, He's kind of, he's got the hook shot and that's, it's not like a it's not like a situation where he's you're gonna see him pivoting a lot and and, and pumping. He's a dunker. He's a yeah. finisher. Yeah. yeah, he's a finisher. He's he's an athlete. Um, he's gonna need to get a lot better as a shooter to be able to step into that three mold, like I was talking about. Um, he's not a great free throw shooter either. Not a reliable three point shooter. Um, but he's he's pretty disciplined. Um, doesn't doesn't foul a lot. Um, and if you looked at that was another thing that was just him and Davis at the top from the past like 10 years um, where it's in college, where if you look at the block numbers compared to the foul numbers, usually those are pretty, they have like a positive correlation because that just means you're going aggressively for the ball. But those two guys were able to, um, to, to stop themselves from fouling. So, well, yeah. He, I, Cause he doesn't like for all the video that I see on his defensive side, especially his blocks, like they come uh, like at, at the top of the arc if that makes sense. Like, in the shot arc, like, he's blocking at the top rather than actually, like, on the hands. Or on yeah, he's not swiping down. He's sort of... Yeah, he's, up. like, just... Yeah. Yeah. And his, like, wingspan just, like, he can reach any ball. Yeah. And so, it's... Yeah. Uh, I think it bodes well for him um, in the NBA, too. He can really... Like, he, he's going to be a presence inside defensively. Yeah. If you're the Rockets, there is something to be said about having a backcourt of Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green. Um, I think that's that's fun at the very least. For me, it doesn't it doesn't stop me from from wanting to draft Mobley. 
Um, I, I just don't, I, I think this is like one of those can't miss things where if this was 2020, Mobley would be going number one in my mind. Yeah. And I don't know if you could say that with Jalen Green. Um, you can find another Jalen Green. I don't know how often you're going to find a Mobley. Yeah. It, it, like centers with this level of just like mobility, athleticism, feel, discipline. Um, the only, really, the only thing he doesn't have is his shooting touch, and that's yeah. like a luxury. If you get that, he could be the best player in the league. So it's, it's like, I don't know. I can't say enough about this guy. Um, and and, and you can to- work that, you, like the touch. I think he can find that. At least finishing around the rim, he can figure that out. Yeah. Um, when you have all those other intangibles, you, you can't get that anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. If I was the Cavs number three, I'd be feeling pretty good. If I, if oh, I was I thinking, it. yeah, if I was thinking that, that the Rockets are going to pass this guy up and he can follow me and I don't have to feel like I have to trade up to get him. Um, and the Cavs, you know, they're, they're, if they're smart, they're, they're going to take him. Um, I could, I mean, it fits for them too, right? They need a big enough. Yeah, it fits for them. They have Jared Allen, but having him next to Jared Allen is pretty fun. Um, that'd be awesome defensively. Jared Allen is also a guy who like can go up against those bigger, stronger centers that I was talking about earlier. Well enough. Um, and both of them are going to be, you know, athletic shot blockers, um, against some of those big men in the East. So yeah, I would, I would feel pretty good if I was, if I was Cleveland right now. So, um, and I would not be listening to offers to trade back, um, you know, I, I don't even know. Oh, I'm sure OKC has been sniffing around. I'm sure. Yeah, I think, I I think like, at this point, if like OKC is calling you as a GM, yeah. you should like almost Not. like like adjust your like if you're like if you're like thinking like oh it's 50 50 i'm gonna do this or not just say like adjusted like 30 70 like where 70 is no because okc like is smart and they're gonna try to swindle you and it's happened time and time again so if okc was calling me i i would be nervous and i'd be like oh no not these guys um <laughs> listen to what they have to say and do like the opposite of what they want <laughs> yeah you don't want to do what they want yeah that's true no. don't make them happy um okay let's talk about sucks Let's talk about Suggs. Do you, you have like a lot him? to say about this, I sense. I don't have a lot to say. I just don't – I don't buy it, man. I just don't think – and, like, I think physically, yeah, like, he, he's that athlete. He's got all those tools that, that you need at the next level. But I just don't know, like, what kind of role he would find himself in um, just because, like, I, I don't know if he kind of fits that, like, wing mold. Like, I think he's a little bit too short. To, to fit that like wing mold and I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, I would agree. I think it's a point. I don't think he's a combo. Right. And so I, I don't know if you kind of look at him as like a scorer, which is probably like his his scoring, his transition and his like athleticism is probably his biggest upside. But he's, I just don't think he can be a very consistent half court scorer. I just don't buy it. Um and you know I, I don't I didn't see anything in any of the Gonzaga games that made me think that, wow, like this guy can really, really score in the half court, um, you know, and I just think that's like a problem. It, it, like I, 
there, there's a limit to how high of a ceiling he can have if he doesn't become a great half court scorer at that size. Um, so that's why, like, I, I again, I, I think at four he makes sense. He's probably the best of the rest, but it's he just doesn't crack into that top three. I think that the top three all have something a little special about them, and I'm not sure if Suns has that. Yeah, I would say he's definitely the best out of out of the remaining guys once we get out of the top three. But um, oh yeah, if you're looking for positives, great defender, um, good leader leadership qualities. He's not selfish. He knows how to distribute the ball. Um, but like you said earlier, he, yeah, the competition that Gonzaga played in the Mountain West was just not very good until they got to the tournament. Um, and while, yeah, they made it to the final, they, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was dominant um, in the tournament to get there until like, at least like the, the final four game, they could have totally lost against UCLA. Um Suggs, everyone remembers him hitting that half-court shot in that game. Um, he, it's a half-court shot. You know yeah, I'm saying? Like, yeah. No, that's <laughs> that's that's people are going to remember that. Like casual fans are going to remember that um, and be like, "Oh, it's that guy." Um, yeah. He he has good speed. He he's able to. He's good off ball. Um, sort of like sort of like Mobley, where he's he can cut cut and screen relocate. Um, he's a decent shooter, better shooter than Green for sure. Um, not quite as good as Cade, maybe. Um, I don't think he's as good as Cade. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I would agree. I don't think he, he really is, like, a special, special prospect to me, like like some of these um, like some of these guys in the top three are. So, But I think at four, the Raptors are probably going to take him it doesn't yeah. seem like we're getting a surprise here unless they trade down. Um, and if they're, if, if Kyle Lowry is indeed on the move, um, which it seems like he is, I don't know where could be the Pelicans. Um, I've seen, floated for, I've seen Miami floated. Yeah. I saw Miami floating for Simmons today, which I thought was strange, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that once we finish with this. With, we'll go through like the lottery or something, but yeah. um, okay. So after the top four, there's a bit of a drop off. Um, it used to be sort of people were thinking that it was a top six with Barnes and Kaminga being the, the five, five and six. Barnes yeah. is what we're looking at at number five, most likely for Orlando. Um, and this is pretty like the top five are pretty confident um, for the pick for picks wise, at least um, there's a chance that, this could be book night here if he if he really um, gets picked early, but it's looking like it's going to be Barnes. He is a great defender, um, and that's pretty much most of what you need to know about him. He can't shoot at all, um, yeah. and it, you can kind of think of the like the Magic drafting guys who just can't shoot. If you think like it's been like Markel Fultz, it's or not. I guess he wasn't drafted, not but like. The amount of guys they have and have drafted in the past that just can't shoot is a staggering list. This would be another one. He's good. He's good at playmaking. Barnes is. He's, um, you know, he played point guard for them, so it's not like he can't pass. And but they have a weird system. Yeah, they Florida were a weird State, team. So Florida, yeah. yeah, Florida State was a weird team. A lot, a lot of big wings on that team. He was one of them. Yeah. 
Yeah, great, great defender though. Um, I'm not sure that's what you want for the Magic. Kind of seems like they go for these. It's either for them in the draft or they're getting these centers or like guys like this. It's not really that that top like offensive fluid point guard and wing that you're that you want. Um, and he's he's not. I don't know. I I just don't. If I was the Magic, I'd probably pick Book Knight here. You think so? I think you go with Barnes. Because you, you need that, like, wing defender type. Because, like, the Magic are not that far out from at least, like, making the play-in game next year, right? Like, if they don't have injuries this year, I think they are going to make the play-in game. Is that too much of a stretch? I don't know. I, I No, it's not. No. But what? I don't know what gets me excited about the Magic. Like Cole Anthony. <laughs> Markel Fultz. Cole Anthony, yeah. I think ideally you have Cole Anthony coming off the bench. You have Fultz sort of running the first unit. Um, you have Isaac out there. They don't have Fournier anymore. They don't have Gordon anymore. Fournier, no Vucevic, no Gordon. They have like yeah, a Dwayne, I don't know. It's a young team. Yeah, Dwayne Bacon. They might they took steps backward. I don't think I don't think they like I don't think they're gonna make the play in. So if they're going full rebuild, you still like boot that? I don't know, man. Duke and I didn't impress me a ton either. Um, he even shoot a little bit, but he's not an amazing shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess yeah, if you just kind of want to go for like that scoring type, you you would go for Duke. I just don't like. I feel like if you draft Barnes, teams are just going to ignore him and faults and sag off. Yeah. Yes. Almost faults shows up with like a three point. Yeah. But like he seems he broken. Not, yeah. I, I don't <laughs> I don't know. Like that the 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 idea that I'm having, and I don't know if it's gonna be this bad, but if it's like a Tony Allen Roberson type situation where they're just completely <laughs> ignoring you, yeah. or like a Ben Simmons where they're just sagging off so bad, like it's really hard to win that way. Um and yeah, but do they have they have oh I guess they don't really have shooters, do they? Ah, man. Yeah. I don't know. But surely, like, drafting on talent, you'd rather take Scotty than than Booker, Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because I I don't know. And I think, you know, Scotty is the kind of player that's going to become pretty valuable. 6'8 wing, can defend. Well, I'd take take Kaminga. I like Kaminga a lot. I like him more. I think it's a reach at five. Yeah, if they can get him an eight. Because they have the eighth pick as well. So. Yeah. Kaminga's um, just so raw. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so they should draft for talent. I think that's I think that's right. Okay. Yeah. So that's six, we have about. OKC. Um who there was some rumors about them trying to move up um into the top three, probably for Mobley or Cunningham. Doesn't look like it's gonna happen for Cunningham. Could still happen for Mobley if the Cavs are stupid, but I don't think they I don't think they are. Um, yeah, they their GM isn't great, but he's I think he's smarter than that. So, um, yeah. So right now, this the 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 we I have two mock drafts pulled up. Um, okay. so I'm not paying for ESPN Plus. I refuse. Um, so I have the Ringers, and I have our friend, our old friend Jeremy Wu from Sports Jeremy. Illustrated. Um, he made a mock draft over there. He's kind of their draft guy. 
So he has book night. Kevin O'Connor from the Ringer has book night. Um, it looks like it's going to be here. I think, okay, so this would be the first pick where you would kind of expect that maybe they go a different way than what's being yeah. projected. Um, Cause it is OKC. Um, you would never, kind of really never know what they're going to do. Um, but yeah, Book Knight, great athlete. Yeah, they could go Kaminga. Book Knight, great athlete. Um, has some great athletic finishes. He doesn't, the, he's not a great spot up shooter, not a great defender. Um, really a lot better of a scorer than a playmaker. He only averaged shade under two assists in college, but he did average 19 points. Um, and he's, I think he's someone that could give you a spark off the bench for sure. Um, that's, yeah, that's kind of the rub on him. Yeah, I mean, he just doesn't have a lot of, like, other stuff to his game. It's, yeah. it's just pure scoring. So, not a bad guy to have. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I think with Kaminga, you can kind of develop a shot, and now all of a sudden you have a guy, like, the ideal prototypical, like, 3 and D guy, right? Um, even Moses Moody is maybe a reach at six. But I think that's a reach. I really yeah. like Moses. I really like him, but yeah, I, I think it's just a little bit of a reach. I think mean, Knight is is just considerably a better scorer. Uh, is going to be able to create his own shot. Uh, Do you think Wagner is a reach? Yeah, I think so. I don't like Wagner that much. I'm not gonna lie. What about uh, Giddy? Uh, Giddy's a weird one to me, man. Because Giddy, like, I, I don't know how well that game is going to translate. I like Giddy on like really a shoot. on like a good team. I don't think Giddy yeah. on like a bad team really works. I think uh, like he he to me is like the t- the how ha- I was super high on Halliburton last year and I was like I want to see him on a good team. I want to see him on a good team. Like Warriors take him please, and then they didn't. They took they took Wiseman and look how it. Well, they also took Wiseman over Lamelo, so that was pretty bad. Yeah. Let me ask you this: If you think if, yeah. if they had Lamelo, if the Warriors had Lamelo last year, how does their season end? Uh, I think they get into the playoffs. I don't think they'd go very far, but I think they get in the playoffs, like straight up. I think they might be a top six uh, team. Yeah, I think they. I think they'd be. I think it would. They'd be pretty good. They'd be yeah. top five, six. Um, they definitely get that eight seed over Memphis, but yeah, at worst. Yeah, but I think. I think yeah, they do get in the playoffs straight up. Okay, well, that's interesting. Um, at seven, we have the Warriors, who. There's been a lot of rumors about them using this pick, number 14, Wiseman. They or could use a Josh Giddy. Maybe both. They could use a Josh Giddy. I think they could use a Wagner, too, arguably. They could use um, Wagner, yep. But the, the expectation now is that they're, they're actually going to use this pick um, when for so long it was people were sort of thinking that that maybe, he, maybe they would um, – trade this for, you know, Beal, for um, Dame, some of the other stars that are available. Um, it looks like they're going to stand pat with, you know, we've got about a little under 16 hours to go till draft, um, or 36, rather. But, um, or no, that's that's not right either. <laughs> we, we, have, we have like 30 oh, hours. Yeah. We have like 30 yeah. hours, probably. It's yeah. like under 36 hours, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, <laughs> so... Now it looks like they're going to take someone at seven. Um, could be Giddy. Could be Kaminga. I like all of them, man. 
I don't think they can really go wrong here on this date. I like Giddy more than Davion Mitchell, for sure. Yeah. Yes. That was somebody that the Warriors, it seemed like they were looking at for a while. Um, don't do that. Giddy is this super tall playmaker. He's from Australia. Um, apparently, in the, in these Australian um, in the Olympics, he was he's like consistently been the better player and playmaker than Ingles, um, who plays for the Jazz, which is pretty impressive considering. Yeah. Um, but the comparison that, that people are making about him is Joe Ingles, um, Kyle Anderson, like these tall, <laughs> tall. Guys, uh, Ingles is definitely a better shooter than him, but he's—I think he's—he's he's got a—he's got a great. Um, he's probably a better passer. Right? Yeah, he understands angle angles with the passes and the dribbling. Um, he's got—he's—he's he's able to grab some rebounds. Uh, not a great shooter and not a great man-to-man defender, but um, I think he could really help the Warriors with their with a, having like a secondary oh, playmaker off of Steph yeah. um, if it's not Draymond out there. So, yeah, I think he could be useful for them. But at the same time, like I think Kaminga is useful for them too, just mm-hmm. in, in more of like a defensive role, right? Um, you know, you have uh, I think Juan Toscano Anderson has come back, right? They resigned them, um, and, and so if you kind of want a little bit of more of that kind of grit and, and defense type, um, that can also move the ball. Uh, I, I think you like Kaminga. Um, Moses Moody is probably the one pick that I would probably stay away from. If I were them, I don't think they need more shooting. Uh, I just don't think it really helps them out as much. Um, outside of that, like, yeah, they're, they're about, like, four or five guys they can play a cake, and it wouldn't really be such a bad pick. Even yeah. Book Knight, when, like, if Book Knight drops, I don't think that's a terrible pick for them. I would like that a lot because – You like that a lot? Yeah, because I, I don't think they have, a, they have a lot of, like, scoring off the bench right now. Off the bench, right, so yeah. I like that if you're going to – if OKT passes him up, so I would take him over, over, uh, over either of either of Kaminga or um, Giddy. But yeah. Kaminga is interesting. Um, the debate between him and Giddy is 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 a good one. I'd probably still lean Giddy. Um, Kaminga, he's got like a great, Kaminga. yeah, he's got a great build. It's it, this is a tough one. He's got a great build. Um, he's strong, great athlete. He just needs to develop some skills. Honestly, he's he's pretty raw. Um, not as raw. He's more raw than Jalen Green is right now. Um, he's he's got. If he can, if Draymond can teach him some defensive stuff, this could be really good. That's an interesting yeah. angle about this. Um, if he doesn't end up going to the Warriors, um, he's got some. Um, in flashes, he's been able to to have some some good moves, like shot creation wise. Um, he's, he's good finishing at the rim. His decision-making isn't great. Again, Draymond could help. Um, and yeah, the shooting, shooting isn't really there. Um, he 25% three-point shooter on 65 attempts for, um, he was on the same team as, as Jalen Green was the G League Ignite. Um, both of them passed up college, but yeah. Do you have anything more to say on Kaminga? Uh, no, I, I just really like the, the physical attributes. Um, I, I think he can develop another kind of player that, that you want in the NBA, but um, that's going to take a lot of work. So I really hope, I really, really hope he goes to a good situation because if he goes into a bad one, 
that like his career could just spiral. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, okay. We've arrived at the ninth pick for the Kings. And now it's time for you to tell me about Sengun. My guy. That is my guy. I love this guy. Um, he is like super, super talented. Um, just around the rim, probably the best post player uh, in the draft, um, arguably the most talented big, um, because I think that, you know, Mo Mobley, like we talked about, is a bit raw in terms of his like actual skills around the rim, um, you know, and, and certainly he can develop them. And if he does, and yeah, like at that size, I think he becomes easily the best big man. But um, with Sengun, I think better than Mobley. Oh, no, I'm saying Mobley, if he can develop skills, becomes easily the best big man. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, like, no question. I think Sengun, even though he's a little undersized, I think his talent um, in terms of how good he is with his footwork, um, how good he is at using his body to create space for himself inside, and then he doesn't need a whole lot of space either because he is so – like his touch is just amazing with his hook shots. Um, he's got counters to all his moves. He's got a variety of like drop steps, spin, like whatever kind of crazy post game that you want to see out of a guy, he has everything. Um, and he can finish everything. He can finish over taller guys. Um, and he's playing against – you know, men essentially in the yeah, it's the MVP, league. the Turkish uh, Turkish league. Yeah, so I mean, there you go, right? And so, just uber talented, um, and, and yeah, I mean, he's a guy that has the footwork to be able to, to stay in front of guys defensively as well. Uh, he is a little, maybe a little bit slow. Um, he just looks a little awkward at times, especially off the ball. It, it seems like his focus isn't there all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think that this is a guy that, you know, with a little bit of work and he's obviously not like a, a day one type talent that you just throw in there. It's going to be a project. Um, but this is like a project worth taking because he can genuinely become you know, such a talented inside scorer and a really serviceable defender. Um, I think the biggest problem for him is kind of trying to carve out a role um, because it's a question of, you know, does he become sort of a shooter type, you know, and I've seen Bobby Portis as sort of a comparison for him. So does he try to become like that scorer slash defensive energy guy? Um, but he's obviously a much better scorer inside and with his post game, I wouldn't really want to see him lose that. The only problem is at six, nine, you're kind of, asking for a lot to ask teams to post you up consistently. Um, so I don't really know what his role becomes in the NBA um, unless he either grows a couple inches, which is asking for a lot. Um, but at 240, you like that. The size is there. Um, so you can obviously, especially if he's able to post up smaller guys, I really like that idea. Um, so I don't know. It, it's going to take a little bit of work, but I just, I, the talent that you see from him, I mean, he yeah. can really, really um, become a volume scorer for you inside, which is, is rare. Uh, you don't really see that um, out of big guys anymore. And, but I think like the footwork, everything's there. Um, you just got to get, you know, put a little bit of work um, into him. And that's why I really was hoping that San Antonio would be the ones that get him. Uh, but if he goes a little bit higher, which I believe oh. he has been, yeah, right. <laughs> but I believe he has been trending a little bit higher now. Yeah, it looks uh, like so looks like it's gonna, gonna be Kings at nine, or um, you can, can see, see Charlotte taking the shot. Yeah, the Hornets, the Hornets need a need a center. Um, yeah. yeah, probably one. Memphis of those is the only team that really wouldn't take him. Yeah, Memphis, but, Memphis I mean, just got 
just made a trade. So, and they already yeah. have JJJ. Um, I think it's interesting that the Kings have been shopping Bagley and Rashawn Holmes is a free agent. So I would expect them to pick Sangoon here. Um, the other guy that they've been looking at is a lot is Wagner. Um, and they are, the Kings are super like analytics driven, um, like organization is what everybody says about them. So, um, that's why they might have more interest in, if that's in. Yeah. yeah, someone from a Turkish league than, you know, some of these teams. Okay. Let's, yeah, let's pick it up. Um, but, okay, going going to 10, uh, the Grizzlies, they just made a trade for um, Bledsoe and Adams. I loved it as a Falcons fan. I could not wait to get rid of Bledsoe. You just wanted to get rid of Bledsoe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't love Adams. I think Valanciunas is just like a better Adams. Um, but this was originally yeah. the Pelicans pick at 10, and we were linked to like Corey Kispert um, and some other guys, but I wasn't really excited about that about that either. So um, I'm kind of happy with this. Uh to get excited about Corey Kispert. Yeah, Grizzlies could do – oh, you you are excited? No, 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 I'm saying it's hard to get excited about Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Moses Moody could be the pick here. Okay. It could be Wagner. The Kings don't pick him. I don't know. I like Moses. Shooter. Can't go wrong with a shooter. And they yeah. need shooting. Okay. So I think it fits. Spurs. I mean, no. Hornets at 11. Um, probably get, you know, either, either the one who doesn't get drafted out of the three that we just talked about, Sengun. Uh, Moody or Wagner, or could could do a bit of a reach and get Kai Jones out of my school. Um, I think that would be a. I think that's a bit of a reach. He's pretty raw um, and pretty was, raw. didn't really produce that much at UT. Um, but he he does have a lot of skills. He's a great athlete, and they do need a center um, because Cody Zeller is not really cutting it out there. Um, yeah, he's an energy guy. I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah, he, he's just, I don't know. I, it seems like, it seems like that's a reach for him. Like he's been, he's been mocked at a lot of different places. Like, like the ringer, for example, has him going 20th to the Hawks while SI has him going 11th. So I don't really know. Um, if I had to guess, he's probably going later on, later down the line in, in like the, 18 to 20 range, but um, who knows? Yeah, I could see like late lottery for him. 11 is a bit high. Um, but like, I mean, like you said, Charlotte needs a big guy. Uh, mm-hmm. And he might be the best available. Because like, Wagner isn't really big enough um, at 6'9, is what I'm seeing him listed at. Mm-hmm. Sangoon is is the same six nine. I think I've I've seen one place that has him at six ten, but like either way, it's undersized. Um, so if you go for Kai, I mean it's sort of like a Jared Allen was kind of the comp that I had for for Kai. I don't know if you kind of agree with it. I've seen Jackson Hayes being thrown out there too, which isn't ideal. But um, I got know. arrested last night, so it's not. Um, <laughs> yeah, nice. uh, things are going well. <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so, okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just not a, not really big on Kai Jones. I'm not. Not really big on Kai Jones. 
Okay, Spurs. Up in the UT guys. Yeah, not really. We'll finish up the lottery and then we'll get into the offseason stuff. But Spurs at 12 um, could go a, vi- a variety of different ways here. Uh, Keon Johnson is interesting. Um, so is, I think, maybe we could see uh, Ke- uh, Trey Murphy going here. Uh, what do you think? Maybe on Mitchell? Davion Mitchell, yes. I don't know. Like, Davion Mitchell is very old compared to some of these guys. Um, Yes. As a prospect, I think – I think, like, Keon Johnson makes sense for the Spurs because they they would be able to make him a better shooter. Um, And he's a great athlete, and they have a history of, like, turning these great athletes into into more – uh, complete offensive players. I don't think I don't think Kispert's on their radar here. Um, Trey Murphy, though, I like Trey Murphy. Yeah, I like Trey Murphy a lot. Um, yeah, I would I would I would consider taking him here for sure. Um, I would love to see Trey, a, Trey Murphy fall to seventeen so the Pelicans could get him, but I don't know if that's going to happen. That would be tough. Yeah, I think someone's going to take a shot on him. Yeah, I don't really know what the Spurs like needs are right now. Because they're in like a weird in between where like they kind of want to make the playoffs, but they really shouldn't. Right? Like it's, I don't know. Maybe just stack up on like wings and like guard scores. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I think Garuba could be, could go here potentially to the Spurs. It's a reach. I think it's a reach. I think it might be a reach, but if it's the Spurs, I'm not sure that it's as much of a reach. Wow. He's yeah. he's kind of the same way, where he's like this great defender um, and terrible shooter, but um, you can develop him. Yeah, good passer. Yep. He's pretty impressive in that that U22 um, or it might be U19 game against USA, but uh, that's that's what I saw. Okay. At 13, we have the Pacers. This is probably going to be as far as Corey Kispert falls, if I had to guess. Um, yeah. He, he seems like a logical choice here. Um, and they love taking white guys. Um, and <laughs> if McDermott does leave in free agency, it's a sort of logical um, no replacement. Yeah, logical replacement for him. He, he's like a plug-and-play. He can be NBA-ready just to knock down shots coming off screens, that kind of thing. Yeah. He's 6'7", 220, so good size. Um, I don't love him. I don't know. I, I wouldn't want my team – I, I kind of want my team to be drafting, like, upside, but that's just because we suck. Um, yeah, but, I mean, you guys are really bad. Indiana's trying to, like, make the playoffs right now. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Indiana, yeah, plug and play. Uh, that's kind of, yeah, the, the perfect mold for them. Even yeah, I think it's a good pick for them. I mean, yeah, Indiana, Indiana's one of those teams where, like, they had a weird year last year with their coach, all the stuff about that, yeah. and like, they should be better if, they, if they're if they able to make some be. smart decisions this, this offseason. The talent is there. We saw yeah. them in the top five for a long, long part of the season. So oh, yeah, it's definitely there. Um, at 14, we have the second Warriors pick and this is, well, this will, we'll do that. We'll do 14 and then be done, um, uh, for now. And we can talk about some, some steals once we do an episode after the draft, probably next week. Um, but 
At 14, we have the Warriors picking, having another pick. Uh, the expectation is that they're going to use one of their picks as like a high upside. And the other one is more of a safe pick. So this could be Davion Mitchell right here. Um, it was going to be the same pick, yeah. So yeah, we're it could be Davion. him. I would expect that if he does fall to number 14, which he, he could fall pretty low here um, after yeah. after being like like firmly in the top seven. Um, before um, I could see, I, I I would see Trey Murphy here as a potential pick. That's what I was going to say. Trey Murphy. Yeah. Chris Duarte is also someone uh, great, maybe the best shooter in the draft right here. Um, and might be better than Kispert at, at shooting. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's arguable. Kispert has better percentages, but he also played in Gonzaga. So I, I don't know. Yeah. He's getting wide open shots. Probably. Yeah. Although if he plays for the Warriors, he's probably going to be taking pretty similar shots. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, Duarte, I think Duarte or Mitchell is going to be the pick here. Out of those two, which one would you rather have? Uh, I think for them, I would probably go with Duarte just for the shooting. Um, I think Mitchell's Mitchell's an interesting one because, like, I, I'm not 100% sold on a shot. Um, it's not, it's yes, that's the thing. Anything. Yeah, so, like, I just think you go for the shooter. You can't really go wrong with that. Uh, now, on the other hand, Mitchell off the bench is interesting because maybe he can run the second unit. He's a little bit experienced. Do you kind of trust him to be able to do that? Uh, they do need a backup guard that can really run things. Um, Jordan Poole is not ideal. I will say that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I think uh, such a tough choice, but I think you go with the shooting. Um, over, over like, Mitchell experience, like that that could go wrong. I feel like because he could just not pan out. He, if the shot's off, then it, it just doesn't work. Yeah, Mitchell. So if you're unfamiliar with what we're talking about about Mitchell shooting, he um, he shot 45 percent last year for Baylor. They won the title, storybook season, everything everything that comes with that. But the the two in the two years before that he shot thirty one percent so it was a huge jump and people are worried that that's not sustainable that that is why yeah. I would kind of agree in taking Duarte or Murphy someone else who sort of has a more complete like offensive and, then, and defensive game but uh, Mitchell Mitchell's a great defender in his own right it's just I don't know if the scoring and the shooting is going to be able to stay there and he's he's also pretty small and yeah. he's he's pretty old. So um, that's where we're at. A lot, a lot of knocks, unfortunately. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Okay. So that is the lottery. Um, and if we did the entire draft, we would be here for probably two and a half hours. So yeah. we are going to just sort of react to that after it happens. Um, there's some off-season stuff that we should talk about. Um, Simmons, we'll start with him. He's probably the guy, he's probably the star that is most likely to be traded here. Um, we've got Miami on the table. We've got Toronto. Um, there's there's a bunch of talk yesterday about Toronto um, being offered. or Yeah, they, the, the, apparently Maury wanted like Van yeah. Vliet, Ananobi, and a pick. For oh, that one. Yeah, that yeah. was funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is kind of like, I guess you're starting that you're starting the negotiation with that as like something completely crazy. 
because yeah. I think Toronto fans would go nuts if either of those two guys were traded. And if both of them were, they'd, they'd really go insane. Um, the Warriors, I think, have sort of faded in this race after being maybe the favorite um, for a while. Portland's still interesting with the Dame domino as a fall. But I feel like I feel like for them to make any trade, they're going to have to know about Dame um, before they do that. So um, what do you think about Simmons? Do you think the Kings are a potential destination if they're looking for Buddy Heald? Um, Ooh, the Kings are interesting. I think the Wolves are a team that, that sort of became the leader too. But we haven't heard much about them in the last couple of weeks. The Wolves package is like concerning to me. I guess it's like D'Lo, and you're happy with that. You getting D'Lo again? Like, like I, I don't, I don't know what. Like, <laughs> what else would you get? The the Wolves package just isn't that great. Um, is my yeah D'Lo yeah really. like I like it as a location for Simmons. But you're like, getting like D'Lo and. What's the guy? That, over. What's the guy that was on the Nuggets? Was on the Nuggets. Malik something. Oh, Malik Beasley. Yeah, maybe maybe those two, and then some picks. I don't know. They shouldn't be the front runner. I'll say that. I think you can get more for Ben Simmons, unless yeah. his market like really really tanked off. Yeah, I, I think know. Toronto's gonna ultimately is like too smart to do it. Yeah, Toronto will have to give up too much. I don't really know. Other than that, I could I could still see Portland in a rebuild. Yeah, but I just want Portland to get rid of CJ for for Ben. Yeah, so do I. That's the deal I want to see. I don't know. I mean, they're not going to do that unless Dame, like, if that unless they know. Like, would that move the needle to keep Dame? Because I think it might. You think Dame would be happy with that? I don't think he would. I think Dame would be happy with that. I think Dame would be like, "Wow, you're getting me help." In the form of Ben Simmons. But he loves CJ. Yeah. But, like, CJ really – he had a tough time. Yeah. In the playoffs this year, he had a tough time. And, like, maybe you can put that down to a lot of reasons. Obviously, this year was really wacky. But, like, the last two years, I think you got to shake something up. And having, like, a secondary guy that's, like, just a pure scorer and, like, that does nothing else – like it just doesn't really yeah. work, yeah. especially when like your lead guy is also a big scorer. That like yes, he happens to be like an amazing playmaker too. But like you have your scoring figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, you need better defense, and that's been the problem. Like we've, I think we've repeated that same sentence about Portland needing defense for like the last three years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Last defense years. away. Last five yeah. years, they're defense away from like really making at least a conference finals, if not a finals in a wacky year. Um, so, I don't, man, Ben Simmons, I think, just mm-hmm. takes a lot of those boxes. And I think you can get – like, you can get Philly to give up a lot for CJ is the thing, you know. So, I don't know. I, I really hope they can make that work together. I think that keeps Dame. Um, I think that's Dame's best shot, unless, obviously, he gets traded in Philly. Then, yeah, that's his best shot to win a title. But uh, if he has to do it in Portland, I think you got to get Ben. Okay. Yeah, that, that does make a lot of sense for Portland. Um, and I don't know if Dane would like that or not. It's kind of hard to see where, he's he- where his head is at. But um, I think Portland and Minnesota are the two that I would be rooting for. Um, okay. Kawhi, I had stuff 
on Kawhi, but it seems like he's going to resign with the Clippers. Woj sounded very confident about it. And, and when Woj is confident about something with the Clippers, especially, it's usually right. Um, the Beal trade could be coming. There was sort of an expectation that if like it doesn't happen before the draft, then it might not happen at all. Or um, deadline. Like if Westbrook goes to the Lakers, which has which has been yes. something that's heated up recently. Um, Beal could leave. Toronto could be a destination for him. The Warriors, certainly the Sixers, if that if that CJ trade doesn't happen. Um, because of like the draft picks involved, I think it's gonna be harder to execute this trade after the draft. Um, because when you like, if you're the other team who's getting those picks, you're going to want to like be able to do your own thing with them and not be stuck with some player that the other team wanted. Um, and I also think Atlanta is really interesting for Beal. Um, yes. Well, yes. I they're know. really making to look a swing. If they're really looking to make a swing and they feel like they can, you know, contend in the East again. So you'd give up what, like Bogey, Gallinari, and like picks, or, or maybe like sure. Herder, Bogey, and picks, or yeah, or, or like I think like a Kongwu is untouchable, probably. Yeah, I mean Bogey might be too. Like Reddish, Reddish, Herder, yeah, Gallo. Uh, you have to give up a lot. Yeah. No, it's Washington's not gonna do over cheap. It's a swing for a fence, swing for the fences type move. And I don't know if they're gonna do that. I I would I would be shocked if that actually happens. That's big risk. That's like, like a backcourt of Trey and Beal. No defense. Let's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like just let them walk in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um okay. Well, we're kind of, we're just kind of going rapid fire here. There's been some stuff with with Pelicans in Miami where it's like we want Duncan Robinson, they want Ingram. Uh, Would you do that? Like a trade? No. No, you're like, well, I I'm kind of soured on Duncan Robinson, man. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> what happened? He was your guy. He was in the bubble, <laughs> but the bubble, as we learned, the bubble was a strange time. <laughs> Um, it's a very strange time. It's a dark time. Um, yeah, I, if Ingram wants to leave, he can leave. Like, I, I'm not going to be an advocate for stopping him. I just don't really – like, nothing we could get back from the heat really excites me. Not even Hero. Like, I'm Hello, like, Hero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think, I think Ingram needs to be kept. And if – the interesting decision that the Pelicans have to make here is if they're going to – like really pursue Lonzo and match whatever crazy offer he gets, or if they're gonna like pay Lowry thirty million for three or like three I years, ninety million. I huh? like Lowry. I, I would pay Lowry. You do? I I would. Yeah. To keep like Zion, you gotta change something. And yeah. like, Valanciunas is not the something. Yeah, if there was a way to know how like unhappy Zion really is and like what he actually thinks about the roster, then I would totally do it for Lowry. But I just don't know if like he like Lonzo. Like even if we get Lowry, we're gonna be what top six seed in the West at best. Like we'll probably lose. Yeah, (laughs) we'll probably lose in the first round, like Denver. Um, and then like you know it'll just be another offseason. Oh, like I, I, I just. 
if if the trajectory of the team is to stay consistent, Lonzo makes more sense. Consistently eleven. Uh huh. But you're like consistently eleven. <laughs> but, <laughs> like that's not where you want to be consistent. But if Zion can take a leap, like you don't, I don't know. Ugh, it's like hard. what kind of leap? He's not gonna score like forty a game. Yeah, that's true. Lowry so is old, me. man. He's old. Lowry is old. <laughs> he's also a good plug-and-play. I feel like he would fit in pretty much anywhere. But, yeah. Okay, I'd be fine with either of the two options. I'm not, like, 100% happy about getting Lowry, though. Like, that's not like a – You guys need someone else. You guys need, like, a Beal. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Trade Ingram for Beal. Now, that uh. is interesting. <laughs> that I might do. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, Jackson Hayes got arrested, so that's that's my main concern right now. Oh, what's going on there? What's, what's he was that? fighting a bunch of cops in L.A., and they tased his ass. Oh, no. And then he went to the hospital. <laughs> but he's fine, <laughs> I guess. But, yeah. Our, yeah. Fir- our head coach's first day on the job, also his birthday, <laughs> Willie Green, that's what he woke yeah. up to this morning. He got a lot of I'm sure he is thrilled about the job he just took. David Griffin, if you can get us Trey Murphy, I don't know. I don't want to see any more trades from you, though. We do. We, we got one good one. Hey, that, was true. that was a good trade for you. Well, like every other trade is, is a bad trade. So <laughs> if, let's just delay the bad one for as long as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if we do like the Steven Adams, if like the next trade we make is some version of the Steven Adams trade where it's just like you can kind of tell that it's bad. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't want to see that. Okay. Anyway. Um, do you want to talk about the finals at all? Um, yeah, we can talk about it. Like, yeah, we kind of have to. <laughs> we are, in fact, an NBA podcast. <laughs> it was, I don't know, it was a good ride, right? And, and we got so much further than we thought we would. And I mean, at the start of the season, we would have been happy. I would have been happy with a playing spot. So from to go from playing spot to second in the West. I thought finals, y'all were going to be like the ninth seed and then make the play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was my It was was very touch and go there before the season started. Mm -hmm. Um, So so everything that we accomplished, I mean, it was amazing. Um, The experience of, I mean, Booker, I mean, to to get to play against those kind of players, it was huge for him. Um, The experience of of seeing Aiton literally, like, lift up his game for for three and a half rounds was, was huge. Huge for him, Mikhail. I mean, like the player that he's become has been incredible. Um, so yeah, there, there are a lot of positives to take out of it. Um, as far as like the actual loss itself in Game Six, um, I don't know. I mean, like it, it came down to a quarter, right? Um, you know, we had uh, you know some good moments. We had a really good second quarter. Uh, they answered with a really good third quarter, um, and you just had to, you know, the fourth quarter. I think it was tied what 77, 77, some of that. Um, it was literally one quarter to, to save our season. Yeah. And uh, I, they just had – they got an all-time performance from an all-time great player that is going to go down as, as, like, that's one of the best finals performances I think I've ever seen. Um, yeah. I'm sure it's one of the best, like, top five all-time. Yep, the only um, one I can think of off the top of my head that was better was LeBron 51-8-8 eight eight in game one. Yeah. That, that's so, the only thing. This might be better – than that or number two. Yeah. yeah. So, 
it, it's, I mean, to lose to that, I, what can you do, right? Like he, he was unstoppable. We fouled him. He makes his free throws. He, if you don't foul him, he just makes a layup. Um, we didn't have anybody that could guard him. We tried to form a wall. That didn't work. Well, the difference um, in the, this whole game was that he was making the free throws. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If he misses a few of those free throws, you know, at any point in the game, yeah, that, that's a game that I think we can come out and win. Yeah. Um, Booker, so I don't think Booker 0 for 7 from 3. Booker 0 for 7 from 3 hurt us big time. Um, and Aiton not playing quite as well as we needed him to hurt us a little bit as well. Uh, to be honest with you, yeah, I mean, it's just it was a series where we, we just couldn't get quite enough great performances out of everybody that we needed to, um, whether it's CP3, whether it's Booker, whether it's Aiton. Sometimes the role players didn't show up, uh, there's something wrong consistently. Uh, we just couldn't put together a complete game. Um, you know, and the offense struggle. Game six, like the offense looked terrible yeah. um, for like the majority. Uh, even like shooting numbers aside, it just looked bad. Um, the execution was just off. So, uh, I mean, we, we lost to a better team. Yeah, you know, uh, that's all there is to it. Uh, I thought the Bucks were just the better team, especially like games four, five, and six. Like the, the shot making that they showed, like the pl- the individual like specific plays, right, that they were able to to make. Uh, whether it was Giannis's block, whether it was the oop, whether it was Middleton making tough shot after tough shot, whether it was Drew getting hot, like they just had so many moments that were just like overwhelming. Um, so can't do anything against that. Uh, I, I think we'll be back. I don't know when we'll be back. It might be a few years, but um, I think this team can make it back. Um, they, they learned a lot from this run. And yeah. So that's a promising thing. But yeah. West is tough, man. West it is, is tough. tough. Only getting tougher. Um, well, you were right about seven months ago with the Bucks winning the finals. I was right. Say that. Yes. So <laughs> I thought they would be in the finals, but I thought they were going to lose to the Lakers and then you know injury. Um, but I mean, that was before I really, I truly realized the power of the Nets. Um, and it turns out, Bucks Nets was the finals. Um, just like a lot of people were saying it was, it didn't really go the path that people were thinking. Um, and I mean, people... the path that we got was pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. No, like the like the path of like... Oh, yeah. Like it, like the expectation was like if the Bucks had come out of that series, which they did, they would have been like dominant in their run. And there wasn't even, that wasn't really the case. Um, so yeah, Phoenix put up a good fight, but awesome finals, I would say. Say so it's like a similar, better. I mean, better than last year. Last year's finals kind of sucked, all things considered. Um, yeah. So last year's finals was kind of like bad. last year, like game five and game three were awesome. The two Heat wins were awesome. The rest of it sucked. Like, yeah, and, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I, I would say I would say like it's pretty even with 2019. 2019 game five was like a game I'll always remember. But um, yeah, I would say it's up there with that. But yeah. Um, Got an exciting draft tomorrow. Hopefully, we see some trades, some surprises in top, top ten, top five. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is the off season is upon us. So, all right.